Hi everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Vegan World. First of all, uh, as per last week, I just wanted to say a big thanks to everybody and all the positive feedback that we've been getting um, with regards to the show. Uh, you seem to really like what we're doing, so keep up all the good reviews. Uh, much appreciated. It's good to know uh, the work that we're doing uh, is enjoyed by everybody across the world, actually. So it's uh, kind of surprising to see where the show's being downloaded. Uh, Brazil as well, believe it or not. So um, straight on with things this week. Um, a couple of months ago, I heard about a farmer in Totnes in Devon in England who was taking 20 male lambs to slaughter one day and decided, you know what, I can't do this any longer. A little bit similar in some ways to Jay Wilde, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this gentleman, uh, who goes by the name Kumar, delivered them to a place called the Good Heart Animal Sanctuary. These uh, believe that all animals should be treated just like humans. They're all sentient beings. Uh, they feel pain, they have emotions, and should be treated with respect. Now, in the Good Heart Animal Sanctuary's own words, if you knew what animals were suffering, you'd want to help them. So originally founded by David Walker and Damon Jones, uh, they found themselves in just such a position. They were also supported by two experienced directors, Alison Hood, who you'll hear from very shortly, and Anne Tudor. Now, both of these guys spent over 25 years working on the Born Free Foundation, a wildlife charity. So they put their passion into action. Goodhart's uh, aims are to change public opinion, raise his voice above the crowd, and capitalise on the groundswell of change in perception and treatment of animals. So they felt so strongly about it that they decided to open a brand new charity. So I took some time to speak to Alison, lovely lady, um, who talked me through the history of the place and the motivation behind doing what they did and what their plans are for the future. Um, so I hope you enjoy the interview. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Cheers, guys. So hello, Alison, and welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. So the Good Heart Animal Sanctuary, can you tell us about the purpose of how they came, the story, how they came into being? Well, yeah, it was, um, it was two individual people, our founders, um, David Walker and Doyne jones who we call DJ. Um, they'd always been passionate about animal welfare, and um, over the years they'd welcomed a, a succession of rescued dogs into their home, all different shapes and sizes, um, and they'd also supported different charities and projects over recent years. Um, but their, sort of their main focus and their main passion soon became the plight of farmed animals. Um, and it was um, 2016, and they decided they wanted to open up a farm sanctuary in the UK, um, obviously recognising it as the biggest area of animal cruelty in the world, is with, with farming and in particular with factory farming. So mm -hmm. they wanted to try and do something to help raise awareness of farmed animals. Um, uh, and then this kind of coincided with, um, I, I'd previously been working for Born Free Foundation. Um, I'd been there for 25 years, um, which is obviously a wild animal charity. Um, so I'd, I'd just finished there, and um, David and DJ um, had a meeting with um, Born Free's president, Will Travers, and also one of their trustees, Sue Olson. Um, and they were just sort of chatting about how they'd like to set up a farm animal sanctuary. Um, and that turned out to be a very lucky bounce for me. <laughs> um, and uh, they sort of they introduced me to David and to DJ because um, part of my role at Born Free had been um, helping set up sanctuaries and manage them, obviously for wild animals. 
Um, but this was an area that I cared about as well. So I was obviously very excited to sort of be introduced to this project. Um, so um, we, we we met up and we, we talked through about what we wanted to do. And obviously we, we all thought it was a great idea. <laughs> um, you can never have too many farm animal sanctuaries. Um, so the first thing was to try and find... Um, a suitable location where we could set up the sanctuary. Um, so, so during that year, 2016, um, we viewed quite a lot of properties in the UK, um, but nothing sort of felt right, really. Um, and while I was doing that, my, my colleague Anne was helping develop the charity and, and the whole Good Heart Animal Sanctuaries theme. Um, anyway, the, the year was of the year was coming to an end. Um, we went to see a farm near Ludlow, which wasn't right at all. Um, but we were just chatting to the selling agent, and um, she said, oh, there is a farm that's probably coming back on the market um, just around the corner from here. And she sort of explained which farm it was, because um, we'd become quite familiar with the different properties in the area. And this was a farm that we'd seen quite a few times on the website, but it was always sold subject to contract, but it, was, it looked absolutely perfect. Um, so we said, oh, gosh, yeah, I mean, if that comes back on the market, please, you know, can we go and see it? So um, she phoned us back and said um, the, they are having problems with the sale. So if you want to go and have a viewing, then by all means, you know, we can arrange that. So um, David and I sort of arranged to go and see the farm. Um, and our viewing was quite an early in the morning, but it's about half eight or something in the morning. And um, I was rushing to get there. So luckily missed a phone call from the selling agent saying, you know, don't bother coming. The sale is, is back on. So um, anyway, I got there and David was already there and we sort of both just fell in love with the place. It's, um, it's sort of 92 acres of beautiful countryside on the Shropshire Worcester border. And it's, um, it's kind of, when you go through the gate, you go down a, a long drive and it's, it feels like a sanctuary almost as soon as you enter the property. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a woodland and it's got um, a couple of ponds and you know, on, on, both sort of completely sort of drooling over the place. And we thought this is perfect. Um, we really sort of, you know, we'd seen that. I mean, you know, the place was going to come up to scratch once we'd seen that. Um, and then sort of serendipity again sort of stepped in and, um, well, for us anyway, but um, the sale fell through and we were able to step in and our offer was accepted. And um, I think we completed in uh, April um, 2017. Um, and, yeah, we were sort of over the moon to have, you know, found such a place where the farm buildings were in excellent use. The house itself... Um, lends it lends itself to the purpose as well because it it's easy to divide it into two so one side would be perfect for a farm sanctuary manager and then the other side we want to in time convert that into sort of an education center but at the moment we use it for the offices and and, and various things so it's you know it was, it was perfect sort of across the board for us um so the the sort of next thing we had to do was find a farm sanctuary manager um, so we advertised, and um, we were lucky enough to find a, a great guy, David Bourne, um, who sort of came on board, and him and his partner, Alicia, moved in to the one side of the house, and together we started to plan the, sac- the sanctuary. Um, 
we were sort of having we sort of spent a few years working with sanctuaries as well. Um, I was very keen to ensure that it was um, it was structured quite well and it, it didn't become overcrowded, and it always retained that lovely sanctuary feel because we also want it to be a really nice place for people to visit where they can come and meet the animals and and see them in this sort of wonderful setting. Um, and this was we, we were sort of you know pulling our plans together and working out carrying capacity and and everything and then. Um, that was all interrupted by the arrival of a, a pony, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, as, these, as these things do. And um, this is um, a, a little black and white stallion who um, had been um, owned by a, a traveller's community sort of in the area, and he'd been sort of found wandering about a village a couple of times, having, having broken free. Um, and the police had taken him home, and they then decided they didn't want him, so um, he was taken to... Uh, a farm animal sanctuary in Evesham, a, a sanctuary we've worked closely with, and uh, but they were at capacity for horses, so they found us and said, "Would we take him?" So um, our sort of our best laid plans went straight off course, and we took in a pony. <laughs> so um, he came to live with us, Harry, and um, uh, sort of um, he sort of settled in quite well. Um, obviously, we were very aware that we didn't want to have a, a single pony. Obviously, companionship's very important to them. Yeah. And um, sort of a few months down the lane, a second, um, a second horse arrived, so that they got on really well. But then, as we were um, carrying on with the development, we we had a call from um, uh, a lady in Birmingham that was um, a pig um, that had been living in someone's backyard just on the outskirts of. Birmingham in a small sort of terraced house and this pig who is huge um, had reportedly broken out and um, attacked one of the neighbours mm-hmm. um, so his future was looking very uncertain so um, we went and, and collected him and uh, he came and uh, he was our, our first pig, our first sort of farm animal so to speak um, and now sort of just um, or 18 months later or whatever we've already got over 250 rescued animals including 29 pigs. <laughs> wow, that's quite, mm. quite a number. You touched yeah. on it at the start there, Alison, in terms of um, the purpose of why and how the uh, sanctuary came into being. Can you talk to me a little bit about the motivation behind that and uh, what driv- drove you guys um, to achieve the work that you've, you've now done? Yeah, well, so, so as we sort of said, the farm, the farm animal situation, particularly factory farming, is where most animal abuse occurs or, you know, around the world and um, we felt very much that with animal welfare it, it doesn't make any difference how a, an animal is labelled be it a farm animal, a pet animal or a wild animal um, they're all sentient beings and they all deserve to be treated as such um, and so we wanted to rescue as many as we could comfortably accommodate and then use their stories to um, help, you know, raise the plight of farmed animals and just to highlight the fact that, like all other animals, like your pet dog or cat or whatever, they are individuals and very much deserve to have a life worth living. Um, and so it's, um, it's quite a gentle approach um, that we've got. Um, we just want people to try and engage with the animals and sort of get to know them. And then hopefully um, over time that will sink in and they will start to question how they use animals and, and 
you know, how they, what does their diet consist of? Can they start to sort of have a more plant-based approach to life? So to, we, what we expect and hope people will take a, you know, a gradual approach to it. It's not, we're not hardline or anything. It's just, you know, please come and meet the animals and get to know them and see them and, and learn who they are. And then hopefully once that has sort of seeped into their consciousness, they will um, start to eat less meat and dairy and... Um, you know, have less impact on farmed animals, really. Absolutely. Now, the Coothart uh, Animal Sanctuary really hit the headlines a month or two ago when Mr. Kumar brought 20 male lambs uh, to the sanctuary, I believe. I remember reading about this at the time. I mm. found it quite a fantastic story, actually. Just uh, he was on his way to bring the lambs to slaughter and did a U-turn and brought them to you guys instead. Can you tell us about how that came about and what the reaction was at the time with everybody involved in it? Yeah, well, it was um, it, it just via someone we knew um, who was a friend of, of, of Kumar. And he'd been chatting to her saying, you know, he was finding it really difficult um, to, you know, take that final journey with the sheep and to take them for slaughter. And he could see in their faces what they knew what was coming. Um, and it just it just became too much for him. He couldn't do it anymore. He had been a, a farmer in his previous life in, in Sri Lanka. Um, he'd been a dairy farmer there and had been sort of quite distressed by or increasingly distressed by what happens when you take a calf away from the mum and then when he moved to the UK he'd taken up sheep farming Um, but again that sort of got to him pretty quickly and um, he took the very brave decision to stop doing that and send his sheep to sanctuary so we took um, 21 at the end of the day, 21 of his, his ram lambs who who came to us earlier this year. Um, they've sort of settled in really well. Um, we kept them in quarantine for a while, for 30 days, like with, we do with most animals. And then it was just a few weeks ago, they were sort of let out onto the grass. And, yeah, it was lovely to see it. They sort of went charging about, and they were all sort of jumping up and down. It was uh, lovely to see them, yeah. But, um, no, he was an absolutely lovely guy. And, uh, yeah, he's um, changing his life now and becoming a vegetable farmer. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant story. It really is. It really caught the eye when it hit the headlines. Uh, as I said, I think it was back in January or thereabouts. I suppose when you get you hear stories like that, uh, you can then use it as publicity to promote uh, the education and the, the message that you're trying to get across. Can you talk to us about uh, some of the education that you use to try and uh, educate the public about the, the benefits of uh, veganism? Yeah, well, uh, Kumar's story and the sheep, um, we were very lucky with that and it did... It, hit the headlines and I think it made most of the national newspapers and there was a few radio interviews and, and so on and that sort of helped us um, and, and the good thing so the good thing about that story was I think all the press that we had and, and all the comments were positive there was, no, there was no negativity about it everyone really embraced it and thought it was fantastic what he'd done which was lovely to see in itself um, and so, again, that was just a, a good example of, you know, there are, I think it's close on 30 million sheep are farmed a year in the UK. This is just 20 sheep that have been rescued, or 21 sheep, um, from Kumar. And for us, it was, it was important to do it for those individual sheep. But also, I mean, we know that not just Good Heart Animal Sanctuaries, but if you added all the work of all the sanctuaries farm animal sanctuaries together you don't even scratch the surface with the amount of animals that do need 
help and you know could do with a, a better home and need rescuing. Um, but to us, it's it. So it's, it was important for those individuals, but also very important to try and get a, across the point that to us, it's still worth it for those 20 individuals, even though it's it's not it's a drop in the ocean. Um, but we feel that that's important to do, and we hope that sort of when people sort of see that, they will recognise the level that some people will go to to help farmed animals like they would dogs or tigers or elephants or mm-hmm. other more glamorous animals. Mm-hmm. I suppose then the next step in the process is with put the education is in the campaigns that you get involved in as well to actually promote the message. I understand from a little look in your website before uh, our chat today about the pig barn in the woodland. Uh, talk to me about that campaign that you're currently running there. Well, it was... Um, it, Initially, when we started up, um, we wanted our focus to be farmed animals. Um, I've said we were blown off course a little bit by a pony um, <laughs> and then a pet pig. Um, and then we were just sort of shocked. I know other farm sanctuaries were the same, but we were shocked by the amount of calls we had from people asking if we would take in their pet pigs um, from the craze of you know people having pet pigs without realising you know, what they need and how destructive they can be. And mm. um, it's not that easy looking after a pig. Um, so um, we took in as, as many pigs as we could care for with our, with our current sort of setup. Um, so it's, it's 29 now. And then um, what we thought, because we have got this um, small area of woodland, which is lovely, and we thought it would be fantastic for the pigs to be in their, in their natural environment. So we put together a plan to develop the woodland into pig paddocks um, and then um, construct a barn by the side of it. And the purpose of the barn is both to provide somewhere nice and warm and comfortable for the pigs, but also a great place for people to go and meet the pigs because we think it's very important for people to be able to interact with the animals and to get to know them and, you know, see who they are. Um, And... Uh, the irony of this it sort of isn't lost on us in the fact that, you know, a lot of these animals that we've got now have been pets. Um, and, you know, a lot of them were loved. It's just that the people could no longer care for them. So they came to us. And there's this, on the one hand, there's pet pigs that people think are really, really cute and lovely. And, um, you know, they, they will have them in their homes or as part of their family. Um, but these pigs are no different than the millions that go through the farming system. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pigs that we've got now, again, will hopefully become sort of ambassadors, both for, you know, the farmed pigs, but also just as an awareness um, for people who are thinking, oh, I'd quite like to have a pig as a pet. We're saying, yeah, if you have a pig as a pet, they need a lot of space outdoors. They need indoor space. They need um, a good diet. They need companionship. Um, and while we're promoting it, I said for people who are thinking of having pet pigs, that that same thing is all, it also applies to all the other pigs that are, you know, stuck in the farming system. So um, yeah, we set ourselves an ambition of raising the money to build a pig barn. Yeah, that's what it all boils down to mm. at the end of the day, I mm. suppose. I've mm. been quite lucky in that sense. I, um, I, I Last September, I was able to go to an animal sanctuary when I was traveling down the West Coast in the U.S. Mm. And the inter- that interaction that you talk about, um, I think, is key 
uh, to getting mm. obviously I'm vegan, you know. But I mean, there were also there were a lot of people there who maybe weren't vegan. But one of the messages that the lady who was running the sanctuary at the time was keen to get across was um, how exactly per what you just said, they're the animals that they are ambassadors. Um, mm. I hugged a cow for the first time in my life, and hopefully not the last time either, because it was a wonderful experience. You know, I got to administer uh, t- tummy rubs to some of the pigs, which was quite yeah. a unique experience as well. Um, one which I'll always uh, always remember. Yeah, that was the main thing that I took away with it that day: the interaction with the animals that maybe. You know, most of us live in cities. We don't get an opportunity to interact with those animals. We don't get an opportunity to make the connection between the animals that we see in the fields and the food that goes on to some people's plates as well. So I think that's key. The work that you guys do in educating people like that, I really do. And I think it's a fantastic job that you do do with it. Um, if people are looking at your website, uh, Alison, what can they do? Um, how can they help uh, Good Heart Animal Sanctuary and promoting their message and maybe donating and helping? Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously great if people can visit our website or follow us on social media and just help sort of spread the word. Um, one of the things um, that we are keen to do is um, in getting our message across to people about the individuality of these animals and their sentience and them being no different to any other animal is um, is, is trying to you know have a friendly approach to people who are sitting on the fence, perhaps in the, in the middle of, of this debate. Um, there are people who, um, they are vegan and they've made that choice and they're happily getting on, you know, with their lives and, and not having hardly any negative impact on animals or animal welfare. Then at the other end, end of the scale, you, you have got probably your diehard meat eaters who will always eat meat. And it's the people in the middle who are perhaps open to... Um, thinking about this issue, those are the people that we want to reach um, and just try and, you know, encourage them to think about this whole issue and, you know, reduce meat in their diet or cut it out altogether. Any steps they can take, you know, it's brilliant. Um, And so by spreading um, the news about Good Heart Animal Sanctuaries and our social media, that would be great if if people could do that. Uh, But then also, obviously... We need to raise money. Um, that our founders, David and DJ, um, who set up the charity, they secured the farm for the project. Um, so we have we have that security now. Um, and our target now is to raise. It costs about 120,000 pounds a year to run the sanctuary um, in terms of you know, feed and wages and vet bills and everything. So that's that's going to be our target in in the hope that we can become self-sufficient and. Um, to do that, people can help by, they can adopt an animal, um, they can donate, um, that's, that's all on our website. And then um, what we're going to trial this year as well, starting in April, is having vis- visitor days on the first Saturday of the month, from April through to September. So people are wel- welcome to come and see us, come for a nice afternoon out, have a cup of tea with us, have a chat, see the animals, and, and hopefully... Again, this sort of this, just this gradual introdu- introduction to these animals will hopefully make people just think a bit more about where their food comes from and who these animals are. So, um, it's yeah, people can help by getting the message message out for us. They can come and visit visitors, or of course, yeah, it'd be lovely if people could donate or adopt an animal. 
Well, if you do decide to open your gates um, at any point in the very near future, Alison, I will be the first one in line. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, come and visit. Yes. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I, mean, I think. Um, do you know what? It's a dream of mine one day to have my own animal sanctuary. It's probably just a pipe dream, obviously. But um, so any time I can get any interaction with the likes of um, the opportunities that an animal sanctuary provides, uh, I absolutely jump at the opportunity uh, for them. Yeah, we'll so, de- definitely be promoting belly rubs for the pigs. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I highly recommend it. Uh, he's, mm. I managed to put him to sleep, that particular pig, so he seemed to enjoy it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are the next steps and challenges, uh, I suppose, and by the same token, the opportunities for, for Goodhart um, in the short to medium term, Alison? Um, well, I think, yeah, we, we are a new charity, and I think... Um, we are incredibly lucky that we've got the secure base that we've got in terms of the farm is owned by the charity. So um, our, chal- our main challenge is, is just trying to sort of get our name and our message out there and just, you know, spreading awareness as much as we can via um, campaigns like our Pig Barn Appeal, um, which is obviously it's a fundraising campaign, but also an awareness campaign about pigs. Um, our next project after that that we're thinking about is trying to develop a better area to care for rescued hens. Um, we we had we've got about sort of twenty hens that we rescued um, with the British Hen Welfare Trust um, ex-layers who um, arrived all sort of with all the feathers missing as you can imagine in in its state and most of those have thrived and. Um, they live and they live free in the farmyard. So they they let out in the morning and they wander around and have, have a great time. Um, but we can't cope with more in in the farmyard. So our next project after the pig barn is we want to build four four areas for hens, so we can um, yeah take take in more hens. So um, we sort of our, our building work sort of in terms of the pig barn and then. The hen facility will be linked to sort of campaigns about those issues. I think the work that you guys do, Alison, is absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of animals trotting about those fields who who wouldn't be if it wasn't for you guys. So, thank you very much for all the hard work that you all do there, and oh, I wish you, you yeah. every success for the the uh, the future. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time today. I really yeah. appreciate that. Okay, thank you.